0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony the Third, and this is a special presentation of a special presentation of Marvel Studios, the first one ever, Werewolf by Night, directed by Michael Giacchino. And before we get into the histrionics and all the fun, because it's going to be a lot of fun on this show, let me introduce the panel. First, the super producers in the house, Jake Christie, Jake. How are you?
1: Oh, you know, I was going to do it again. I've been doing it every time it comes up. This will be the last time I'm doing well. Happy <laughs> talk
0: about this. Awesome. Awesome. And we had to have a guest. Uh, Murphy's Multiverse Hunter Radisi is in the house once again. Hunter, welcome back
2: to the program. How you doing, man? Well, I have seen Werewolf by Night, so I'm doing really good. Yes, we have all seen Werewolf by
0: Night this a little earlier obviously you guys are listening to this <laughs> on on a friday as this debuts and or they
1: could be listening to it another day don't be presumptuous they could have plans
2: this is fair this everyone is- listening to this on sunday is feeling really bad about themselves right now this is- exactly yeah <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely
0: fair this is absolutely fair my this is my own excitement taking over here but i gotta say guys in the history of the mcu
1: we've
0: it's a it's a depth of a huge and big catalog of content that we've seen, we've just, like, digested, all of it. I mean, years, years upon years. We're getting into, like, 15 years of this thing. This particular special really was about as different and as original and as... Amazing as can be. I think Charles Murphy, our buddy, put it best when he said this morning, it's, a, it's, a, it's an instant classic. And I would tend to agree it is an instant classic. But I will get into my general thoughts on this in a second. I want to hear y'all's first. Hunter, you are the guest. So let's let's talk to you first. What Give us your initial thoughts on Wolf by Night.
2: Oh, boy. Okay, so I think... My quote that I gave in the same manner as our our buddy Charles Murphy, uh, began with "Holy cannoli, what a picture!" Um, yeah, and that is how I feel. I mean, uh, like AC was just saying, this is so different from anything that even I. It's funny because with the trailers, like we knew it was going to be different, and I went into it knowing, yeah this is going to be like weirder and separate from the rest of the MCU and then watching it it was even different from the different i thought it was going to be it was just like layers of of different um but i think it was so fun i had this big stupid smile on my face for like the whole thing for so many different reasons uh i mean the the gore the the violence the that's all one thing but it's also just like it's just fun. Like it's just, it's just a fun hour of, of storytelling and it's like surprisingly well done. I think it's incredibly well directed. Um, I think that, you know, all the callbacks to classic monster movies are so fantastic. And I mean, I could just go on and on about that, but yeah, I, I loved it. I feel like it's pretty clear that I'm, I'm a big fan of this.
0: Cool. Cool beans, man.
2: Uh, Jake,
0: (laughs) give us, give us your
2: general thoughts.
1: So I think that I mentioned it on the, um, the, reaction spot to d23 the comment from our patron michael springthorpe that i was trying to find again where he basically says like is this going to be an actual genre exercise or is it going to be a superhero thing with another genre's hat on which i think is really the perfect way of putting what some of the things that my mcu has done have right like like let's be honest like i doctor strange yeah. multiverse madness has horror elements it's like a superhero movie with a horror <laughs> movies hat, you know and, but i think that this was most completely a different genre by a very long shot my I would actually say my two complaints are, one, that it was not uh, over 60 minutes, so I can't catalog it as a movie. <laughs> That's just, for me, I just don't like the fact that I can't write it down on my list. And two, I honestly wish they went even further with it. I wish that yeah. it was more, like, as I was watching it, and I felt like such a nerd saying this, but, like, my number one complaint is, I. it should not have been widescreen. It should have just fucking regular, like, ass. <laughs> like, really, I, I, t- like, I, I, every, like, I, I, I. But I think that that's such a testament to how well the old timiness works where I was digging it and I definitely didn't feel like it was letting me down. But I'm like, oh, they're nailing this so hard. I trust them. If they wanted to go even further in this direction, I would trust them.
0: I think the the hallmark of any really, really good project of any type of content film or TV is when it ends, you're like, damn. Mm -hmm. I wish this could have gone a little further. And that's how I felt watching this um there's a lot of things that you could say. I think the most the the best way that I can put it is like it kind of checks all the boxes of something that you would want from something that describes itself as new. And for me like the classic sense give me a hashtag washed agenda reference here <laughs> and there like we got with the with the with the Ulysses joke. I'll be rotten for you. Just gave it to me right off the bat. That's perfect.
1: Can I just say? Because yeah. I don't know if we're gonna come back to it. What's up? Gave me massive one of my favorite p- things in the world, the haunted mansion in, in Disney World. That's what it felt like. So, which, mm-hmm. if if Michael Giacchino does not want to direct Blade, they can fire whatever guy they have. I know they have a guy making a haunted mansion movie. Get Michael Giacchino in there because I want him <laughs> to take on. I want him to take on the 999 happy haunts. And guess what? They're looking for one more.
0: that's a good shot by you but yeah i it takes it takes a specific kind of like not only style but just idea of how you want to approach this and i think the approach and in a lot of the interviews that michael has done so far he's kind of talked about making it self-contained and making it its own original story to the point where you know don't really care about what's happening next we're just doing this, and we're letting this go. And I think operating that way just made it feel it made it feel different than anything that we've seen. Like a lot of times when it comes to MCU content, like a lot of times we're waiting for the end stinger. We're waiting for we're waiting for something at the end. but no, we gotta we just got two friends having a chat at the end after like a, a very strenuous, stressful evening. But with a lot of camp and a lot of, a lot of goofiness and a lot of horror at the same time, so I think I feel like overall this was just this was just excellent, and it says like I said at the top, it says a lot that the only disappointment that I had from this was that it should, could have gone another 45 minutes and I would have been good. no problem at all. <laughs> so, so so let's kind of let's kind of dive into characters because let's start with the with the initial one, the main the main guy, Jack Russell. Uh, incredible performance by uh, by God Garcia Bernal, and uh, it, it, it to me like there was the there was the right amount of not necessarily what you would call overacting from him, but just like a mm-hmm. little bit in certain parts where you needed it to be, mm-hmm. and just the way that he moved throughout this the way that he legitimately wanted to help people and was kind of very matter-of-fact of, of the idea that he's a werewolf. And just <laughs> that that whole vibe that we got from him throughout this was, was a lot of fun. So, Jake, I'll start with you. What what did you think of, of Mr. Bernal's uh, portrayal of one Jack Russell?
1: I mean, I think that he gets exactly what movie he's in. And I think that he actually... I was struck by, even though he obviously overplays a lot of stuff, I was struck by how he underplays it, because I think that there might be a temptation when you're going through the rigmarole of recreating an old genre movie to parody it, to go more over the top with the performance, mm-hmm. right? But he is like, obviously at some points he goes a little camp, but he goes as camp as it would have been in that type of movie. It's the a very distinctly, the whole thing is very distinctly a pastiche and not a parody, And, you know, that is a, such a delicate balance to get. I I think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of movies mess that up royally. Um, and I think that his performance at the center of it is why it works because he kind of, even though he's playing a werewolf, so he obviously is more (laughs) in the know than you think. He plays like the guileless guy who stumbles upon the crazy monster ceremony, really really well in a way that from the beginning you know he really doesn't belong there you don't know why but you kind of mm. get that but you all it just felt like um him and michael giacchino clearly had they set the tone for the beginning because if if that performance doesn't work if he goes too big with the performance the horror elements don't work if he goes too small with it you're like why is this horror movie in black and white you know what i mean so i think he needed to really calibrate that perfectly
0: yeah i think the best thing that uh, the best thing about what you said is when you have other characters like a uh, verusa when she's like hamming it up yeah we already kind of have we can we have that overacting and we have that kind of camp so for him to kind of underplay to kind of to, to to juxtapose that that portion of it was pretty good but hunter tell me what you thought of jack man this was a this was a really cool character also i will add this before you go somebody who just the way that he not only talks to Elsa but also talks to Ted, which we'll get to a little bit later. But a very empathetic dude, and I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. That was cool and kind of seeing how who who his character was. But go ahead, Hunter.
2: Yeah, it's it's fun, funny to me that you know that he's getting so much praise for the empathy, like you said, and for being kind of like a, a sweet softy when you would expect him to be like. I mean, the man is a werewolf. You'd expect him to be a little hardened, maybe upset, maybe a little growly. Um, And and the reason that him playing that character the way he does, one, I really liked it, uh, obviously, and I think that it was really cool and unique. But in the comics, he is a little bit more like, I don't know, stereotypical, I have to live life as a werewolf kind of guy, where he, he is a little bit more of a jerk, and he is a little bit more like, growly and and sort of hates his life. Um he's like he's very suicidal in the comics. That's that's a thing. I mean, there are hints of it um in this. I mean, obviously he's again not thrilled to change into a wolfman on occasion. But uh I was very surprised that they went like the opposite direction with it and they were like, "You know what? Our version of Jack Russell, he's going to be just like a little sweetie pie and before he turns into a werewolf, he's going to like sniff him. He's going to sniff people. And he's going to be like, ah, well, then when I'm a werewolf, I'll remember you because he's just like a little cute dude. And he's out there trying to save his friend, um, Ted, who, like you said, <laughs> we'll get to that whole thing in a minute. But um, yeah, I I thought it was really interesting. And it reminded me of it was very similar in my brain to uh Jonathan Majors, as I know that sounds crazy because they're very different performances. But in mm-hmm. the same vein where I think when we hear oh, Jonathan Majors is playing Kang, or he's playing He Who Remains. I think mm-hmm. that that type of role people have, like, preconceived notions about how you're, quote-unquote, supposed mm-hmm. to play a character right. like that. And then I think that, you know, Jonathan Majors is such a breath of fresh air because he comes in and he does not at all what mm-hmm. you think that character is going to be, and it makes it so much more fun and, and more memorable. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that... um, I think that, you know, they did the same thing with Jack Russell here, where he he comes in and he's like Jake was saying, he's acting his butt off in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. um, And he is a very talented, talented actor. Mm -hmm. uh, But he's doing it in a way that I didn't expect, you know, like even the the trailers kind of make it seem like he's going to be typical werewolf guy. And they're like, no, we have enough of that. We're not we're not doing that. We've already seen other people do that. We're going to do something different. And I, I liked it. I appreciated that. Yeah,
0: it was subversive. Uh, I think the the idea of playing the tortured werewolf guy has been done and done and done some more. So I think it's been done
1: in the MCU. You could, I mean, although it's although the Hulk is more the Hulk (laughs) is a Dr. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. The Hulk is also a werewolf too, like in the same way. Like, and I almost feel like he played it. And this is the thing I thought of when Hunter was talking. And I hope if I were to do a poll quote for a site, this would be that he plays it as opposed to playing it like a monster living among humans. He plays him like the most human person who lives among monsters. You get the idea almost that Ah, even though we only see him with Ted, you get the idea that he almost could be the guy who goes into town to like pick up stuff for the other monsters because he can be humans. Like he's playing that element of it. He's not playing a guy who is a wolf 30 days, like one out of 30 days of a month. He's like, no, I'm a human for 29 of those days. You know, I feel. <laughs> and, and I think that that makes it, like, more tragic because he can play the turn when he's going to become yeah. a werewolf. It's not like he's still happy-go-well. He is like, oh, shit, even even though I have this system, even though I think I have it under control, of course I don't. I'm a werewolf. I can't yeah. have it under control. And that makes it sadder as opposed to him being the whole time, like, stay away from me. I'm horrible. And I
2: wonder, I uh, just to jump in on a point I, I heard you just make, I wonder how they... Like long they play that card going for. I mean, I would like to assume he comes back in some way. The special makes it seem like he is going to come back. I I, that makes sense to me. Um, but like depending on the writer in the comics and like depending on the story arc, as it so often goes, um, he has varying degrees of control over the werewolf side. I mean, there was like this whole period of time. Yeah, there was this whole period of time where. He like fully, imbra- he basically like Professor Hulks it. And he's like, I am accepting both sides of me. And then he can like fully control. And that's when he's part of like the Howling Commandos. And he does all this, this crazy stuff. Uh, and I like, I wonder how long this version of the character lasts. If, if they change it, if ever, I mean, that's all hypothetical, but I was just to Jake's point of, you know, he doesn't feel like he can control it. Cause he can't, because of course he can't. Cause he's a werewolf, but also in the comics, I mean, Sometimes he does because I, I, you know, comics, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We're going to take a look at when we get to like the action portion of of the proceedings, like we'll kind of like dive into the whole werewolf thing further. But, you know, continuing to look at characters and stuff like that as we transition to Elsa Bloodstone, I also think that Jack in the way that he treats her when they meet and when they talk, like, you know, when she gets her leg cut and him just being insistent on helping her just little stuff like that it's like yo this dude is a he's a nice guy he's a really nice guy but um yeah elsa bloodstone uh laura donnelly uh, portrays elsa bloodstone she got a little badass in her um i also i do have to say this right off right off the top so when they're starting the whole hunting process and and elsa gets attacked by by the big dude and they and they have a little they have a little fight it reminded me of reminded me of when you see in wrestling where they, they they put they take the wrestler's head and then like throw it against the the announcer's table like a few times and I'm like yo this thing is stone that <laughs> yeah. she went up on yeah. three times <laughs> yeah. and I'm like damn she she
1: she was taking them lickings and kept on kicking um head injuries on? are the worst portrayed thing in movies. It's a thing that's a huge peppy of mine. Specifically, they don't do it here, but a thing I once read in an article, which is so true, is that, like, there is... The Vendagnum of head injuries that can knock you out for a few hours, and head injuries that don't give you permanent damage, doesn't exist. If you get knocked out, you have brain damage permanently. (laughs) And so this was not an (laughs) example of that, but, like, if you get your head thrown into stone once, you... I honestly might die all the time that happens. People just trip and fall and hit their head on stone and they die. But this woman who is a really good fighter, but her skull is normal. So anyway, I noticed that too. I'm glad they didn't do a ton of shit like that, but it did annoy yeah. me. Right. <laughs> I
0: was just like, yo, goddamn! But nonetheless, Elsa, Elsa, Bloodstone is the, is the daughter of Ulysses. And she comes back. She, she bogards her way. Shout out to nepotism, uh, getting involved into, <laughs> into this hunt for, for the gem. Uh, Hunter, give us your impressions of of Elsa, what we saw from her, because honestly, like she really a badass. She she really showed out in this.
2: Yeah, she was my like favorite surprise, I think, from uh this whole I re I was just writing an article earlier today where I described her as for me. Uh, the MVP of of the special, which is huge considering all of the great stuff and great characters that are are in it. Uh, But something about her, I just, I really liked. And I, I, she's not a character I know as much about as some of the other ones in this special. So there was maybe more room for me to like be surprised. Um, But I feel like Laura Donnelly just killed it. Like she was so charming Mm -hmm. in sort of like an Adams Family kind Mm -hmm. of way, which I I really liked. Um, The... you know the fight choreography that was all incredible. I feel like she could rival either of the Black Widows with some of the stuff she was pulling. Mm-hmm. um But yeah, I don't know. I just loved it. I I was especially charmed by when she just sort of like started breaking into her ancestor's grave. Mm-hmm. That that for me it was like I I loved that bit so much. I was cracking up, just like yeah, I'm just gonna you know break into crazy old aunt francis's mm-hmm. like little where the <laughs> body is and then i'll just here's the head if you could just hold it yeah it was the best i loved it so much
1: yeah all right hit me jake i, I think that she really surprised me because when you see her come in and you learn her backstory you're like okay here is the dark-headed pale woman who's not gonna reveal about her past and she's gonna be guarded and the hero is gonna try to get through to her Yada, you know what i mean like it's like you've seen that a hundred trillion times right and while she is guarded in a lot of ways she is not one note the entire, at all, which I think is really a credit to. One, I think the length of the special that they need to get it moving. But like I like that she is she's originally resistant to Jack helping her, but like not that long. It's not one of those things where it's like 20 minutes into them knowing each other. She's like, why are you still helping me? You know what I mean? Like that, or in the case
0: that, of a shit in, the case, in the case of a series, like a whole entire episode or
1: two yeah. before she gets on. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the cold, pale woman who's like a love interest that is just like m- caged all the time. It's like, whatever. I've done with that. Right? And so she <laughs> is because it's just honestly, it's not interesting, and it really just feels like a way that writers want to make a woman seem interesting is that she just doesn't talk, and that's just dumb. But anyway, um, <laughs> I like that she has her her own motivations, but also clearly is not, you know, she she is already she's not like an evil person that Jack convinces to be good. She clearly has the goodness in her somewhat. I the fact that she goes along with the plan to save Ted pretty willingly is, you know, I I think a testament to that she's a character that contains multitudes and she actually, in some ways, is different from her father because she is able to make a deal with a monster and while she might not feel good about it, she's not as dyed-in-the-wool as him. and see I'm excited to see her. I'm excited to see her and Jack's relationship going forward because I think that it's interesting the fact, obviously, that you know, he didn't kill her, and what's that gonna mean? She has the stone, all these interesting things going on. So, like, I think if he's gonna come back, I want her to come back too, which is not something I would have said, given that it's a character I'm not familiar with, it's an actress mm-hmm. I'm not really familiar with. And you know, me, if I don't recognize the actor, I'm always like, maybe this character is not that important because I'm um self centered. And so, the <laughs> fact that I want her to come back, I, they did a good job,
0: yes. And I think it's one of those things where you can now use her if you want, because the way that they kind of set up Jack as this really nice guy, and then we'll get to Ted in a bit of about who he is. Like right now we kind of got the, the nice cool buddy monsters, but they ain't all like that. So at some point when we get more of the even darker, more angrier kind, um, Elsa has a place. She has a place in this and, I think her performance here was a uh, was a lot of fun, like I think you can go through you can go through the initial talk with verusa uh the the snide remarks she makes she'll shove it up your ass or whatever she says um right before the the i think the one of the dudes was complaining about her showing up to the hunt and just getting a spot, and just all of that considered and also you like you said jake with the with the not playing the one note like the legitimate fear as she's in the cage mm-hmm. with Jack and she's like she what you see the the fear that on that's on her face not only that but then the way that she talks to Jack before it, the the transformation happens like mm-hmm. all of that all of that was really really well done and yeah I, I i can't be pleased enough with what we saw from her but listen let's let's clear out the space a little bit here Because we do have to talk about a special individual (laughs) Mm -hmm. in in this uh, this special, and that is one Ted, aka Man Thing, and I. I, Man Thing in the room. Yes, we are going to address the Man (laughs) Thing in the room, and simply (laughs) sit. Simply put, never have I met a character, and there's always characters that you kind of like enjoy. Like you, you get the Chewbacca and. You know the the characters can't speak. Who do the noises and the grunts and stuff, and you enjoy that stuff. Let me tell you, Ted. I want to hang out with Ted. I want to talk to Ted. <laughs> and Jake, you had a you had a one liner in your mm-hmm. in your review of Werewolf by Night. What, what was mm-hmm. that line again?
1: So, um, man, thing is good, and he's my friend. Which that is the highest compliment <laughs> I can give to a character. Uh, Baby Yoda has been bestowed it. I'm trying to think. It's basically if you are a character who I just want to, you know, give a hug to, you could be big, you could be small, but you are good and you're my friend. And not only that, man, thing. I'm just gonna say it. After it was, it's been a tough few weeks because of hurricanes. Florida's back on top, baby. He's the king. Where is he from, <laughs> baby? The Florida Evergreen. You goddamn right, he is. Florida <laughs> never staying down.
0: <laughs> a hunter. Tell me a little bit because. When you were on with us for the D twenty three, you gave us you gave us the lowdown on who Man Thing is, and we know the whole experiment situation and how that came about. Now that he's been brought to life, tell tell us what do you think?
2: Well, I can tell you, I certainly didn't expect to be post watching this have everyone calling him Ted, uh, and I'm so. I'm so glad like I'm so happy that the turn it took I think it's it's so much more interesting than not that the comic book version of the character isn't interesting but you know in the comics he's more of like a kind of like a mindless lump just you know tropping around doing his thing in the in the Florida Everglades uh and like Ted is still there he's not necessarily fully gone but he's more like a whisper he's like the Jiminy Cricket like buried deep within uh Man-Thing's brain and in this, they're like, nah. Ted is still there. Like he's chilling. He is kind of in control, maybe like a little bit. Like I know it's not clearly defined, but yeah. I mean, to to echo Jake, Man Thing is good, and and he is my friend, and I and I do love him very much, and he has just like he has like most of the best cheerworthy moments in in the whole special uh there was one in particular that I I literally leapt from my couch and and started clapping so and I was by myself that's just a, a thing I do when I when I watch TV alone but um yeah he was he was super super great I loved him uh not at all what I was expecting but I, I loved it I loved it so so much, especially like that that ending scene. I was so glad that we got to see him in in color too. That was like the only reason I was almost a little disappointed when they switched out of black and white. And then yeah. I was like, then they showed Man Thing. and I was like, nah, it's okay now because we can see the <laughs> we can see the red eyes and the green, and I'm cool with it just for that. Uh, so beautiful.
0: So so if I may if I may ask, this is a a spoiler rich show. What was the what was this moment oh, that you applauded yeah, at?
2: when he? crashes through the roof and just absolutely annihilates verusa in Mm. in the swift move that was i was pumped i i truthfully didn't expect him because when he runs off majestically into the wilderness i thought (laughs) for sure like he's now there's no they just gave him this beautiful exit like goodbye man Mm. thing we'll see you later uh and then he just comes crashing down and doesn't just kill the the bad guy like absolutely like corpse thrown at the wall. Like
0: the toss just, is amazing.
2: It was, it was a total annihilation of, <laughs> of mm-hmm. And, uh, I would say it was overkill, but it was exactly what the special was, which is why it was so perfect. Um, but yeah, and you know, him coming back for, for Jack when Jack had come for him and, and just kind of like reaffirming that they have a real good relationship, uh, was also very sweet and lovely. Um, but yeah, he did, I mean, it was so cool to just see him burn things alive, and I, I do think that the black and white was nice, and in him being the only thing in the special that was, like, massive VFX, mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I, not to say it looked great, it was just, I wonder how much, like, the black and white helped with some of that, Um, but yeah, it was, oh, it was beauteous, I loved it. No
0: that's, that, no, that's an interesting point that you raise, um... Wow, Ted. There's so many ways that I can describe how I feel about <laughs> Ted. So positively.
2: And you He's mentioned. He's just so chill. And then he, nah, and then he just he really is. someone like so aggressively. It's the best.
0: <laughs> no, nah, he really is. Even. No, because you you have that conversation that that he and Jack are having at the end. And Ted is just grunting. And Jack is laughing. And Ted is laughing. And I'm just like. I already got the true detective memes in my mind, like Jack and Jack and Ted.
1: That is season four. Oh (laughs) God, you're right. (laughs) Like
0: like I'm right. Like I'm already right there. Like them too. I want to see Jack and Ted go on adventures together. Mm -hmm. That is just, (laughs) it's just, just absolutely awesome. And, and yeah, man, just the, the thing about his power is it is so brutal and it's so quick. Like that's Go it fast. you're done like in bang like just that you you you're finished. So
2: those who show just... fear burn at the man thing's touch. Yeah. Oh
0: so good. my goodness gracious. Yeah, and so I think if you if you're talking about introducing one of the more famous Marvel monsters in I think this was a perfect perfect introduction mm-hmm. uh, as and far as that goes.
2: I would also like to throw out there that Sure. I mean, from what we've seen in the MCU thus far, and now knowing what Man Thing is like in the MCU, you could give give me like a whole prequel. Clearly, he's been Man Thing for a minute. I mean, Jack has been singing the same thing. He like, but let's be clear. This is pop, probably, probably. uh, Assuming unless there's another creature in the galaxy that looks exactly like Man Thing. This is someone who has been to Sakaar and, like, fought yeah. <laughs> as a champion. Like, right. what has been going on in this man's life for the past X amount of years? Uh, I mean, even Ellen Brandt was, like we said, was in Iron Man 3 and working with AIM. So, hypothetically, like, she was, the whole origin played out pretty similarly, like... I don't know. There's there's just a lot of implication that Man-Thing has been kind of romping his way through literally the galaxy, just doing Ted things, and now that we know that he's really more Ted than Man-Thing, I am so much more interested to find out how, mm. how did Ted deal with like, how did he deal with all of that? That's amazing. And I
1: think that the decision to make him more Ted than Man-Thing I think is just one of those things that you need to do if you're moving something. If he's going to be a main character and stuff in movies... I think just dramatically with the fact that you don't have internal dialogue and you don't have yeah. stage directions, I think you need to have him have more agency because there's really, there's mm. really, it's it's the same reason why you could never watch a movie where it was the regular Hulk the whole time as the main character because like if you have no internal motivation besides like Smash or Instinct, that's actually just not compelling to watch even if the yeah. images are cool. But I think the thing I liked about the way they characterized him is that this, to get thematic and you know, this is me just being trying to be Tytoonita Bow, but I'm going to do it. What this does, which all the classic monster movies when they're good do as well, is that for the most part in them, the monsters are not the monsters, the humans are the monsters. Yes, That is I, always yes. the point. I and made so that. Ted <laughs> has to be clear, because you think about it, like they have a monster that they're hunting. It's, I think we're kind of trained to think about it, but it's like, of course, in the situation where you pr- imprison anything And then set it loose for people to hunt for sport. There is nothing that that thing can be that is so bad. Maybe not nothing, but for the most part, there's nothing that thing could be that is so bad to make Mm -hmm. it the bad guy when you're the one who's hunting it. And so I think that by not just making it like a former human, by having Ted have emotions and feelings, even if he is, you know, perhaps too aggressive and Bernie and all these different things, it really like hammers home, like, oh wait, no, like these are that even if even though ACs right that there are that all monsters aren't like Jack and Ted it still makes you question like what is the morality of defining anything as a monster and making it if if, if monsters are acceptable to kill okay how do you define what a monster is Is a monster something that's not a human because Ted has consciousness, all these different things. And these are, I think, what the good monster movies ask of you. And I'm glad that this kind of does the same thing, even if it's, you know, I think easier to digest because Ted has jokes and lines and all that. But you, you still get the gist of that message, which is always good.
0: Yes. And I think I'm glad you said that, Jake, because I think as you were mentioning all of these things, as far as monsters and people, it brings me back to the beginning of the special, as Jack is looking up at the wall and sees the all the heads of the monsters on on, on the wall. It's kind of like that imagery is is there for us to see, and it may, and it does beg the question after you see this, like, huh, who are the real bad people here? And clearly, somebody like Verusa, who I like again, I, I can't say this enough, like the over the topness of her in this was just just the perfect villain because it's not exactly. Sometimes you don't need to be like strong, super strong to be a, a perfect villain. You don't need to be necessarily like even cunning to that degree. Just be somebody that you that you can't stand and that gets on your nerves a little bit. And she get she gets under your skin, especially especially towards the end where I. By the way, I love the I love the gag with the with the bomb that's supposed to be sticking to the wall, but it just can never stick. <laughs> so Jack has to, Jack has to keep going back and getting it and putting it, putting it on repeatedly. And then obviously he gets hit with the, with the, with the effects of the, of the bloodstone. So yes, that a uh, Verusa Verusa was a lot in this, but I, one thing I do want to talk about as we continue to transition here is uh, the action. There was a lot of action in this. And one of the things that makes this, this special so awesome, and we talk about pace, it's like it kind of picked up steam like a freight train. Got your little intro. You kind of get to know who these characters are a little bit. And then it kind of just goes. And then once it goes, like, it goes to the end. And then we have that nice little calm scene at the end. But I really love, like, the, you know, Elsa fighting the dude with the with the hand arrow thing. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, I I just like the brutal. Listen, an arrow in somebody's neck—you don't see in the MCU. You don't see a sword going through somebody's head in the MCU. Like I mean, stuff a like a hand got chopped yeah. off. I
1: mean, and then and, and then right used
2: there. to shoot someone. Someone got shot by their own arrow from their own hand, like through their head, and it was yeah. glorious.
1: That's that's being down bad, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty. It say. is pretty down bad. <laughs>
0: Man, man got his uh, man got the got the Mike Tyson got his ear ripped off. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn, and then he got his throat slip, throw mm-hmm. slip by Elsa. So this is a lot. This is a lot of fun action. Um, Jake, we always have this funny conversation about how people online are like, well, the MCU needs to be more violent, dude. Need more mm-hmm. violence, more blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, how do you feel about this and what we got?
1: I think it's great. It's also just funny. Kind, it shows off how arbitrary, uh, NPA. Even though this isn't the NPA because it's TV, technically, but rules yes. are vis-a-vis blood. Because if it's black and white, you can get away with way more, which is so silly. Um, and so I loved it. I think it was really appropriate, especially because it felt like at least that the vast majority of the violent effects were practical, which means that like there's a way that. And it's an, it, this is a very interesting thing that people who are smarter about movies than me talk about is that mm-hmm. so many things that we perceive as real in, in movies are things that we actually have just seen in other movies as opposed to what actual real things are. So even if CGI can more accurately depict what it's like if someone loses their arm, because we have probably never seen someone get their arm chopped off, what we think it looks like when someone really gets their arm chopped off is what it would look like in 1980 special effects. If you understand what I <would laughs> mean in that long-winded explanation. Yes, yes. That like it not being CGI- Always makes it look more real because we have the markers of what to look for, and we know kind of like it. it Just it feels more natural, and so like some of the shit was super gory. I mean, when uh, Ziggy Stardust got you know a sword in the head, um, was that was probably the worst? Because I'm like they held on it way longer than I thought they were going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think that it was just it was really exciting, and it made me excited to see what Michael Giacchino will do next as a director because. I think that there was, the vibe and stuff was really cool. I think some of the shots were not, like, they weren't crazy interesting. Not that I that he's, like, a first-time filmmaker. I'm not going to lose my mind over that. But he clearly had a very strong take on the, the gore and violence in a way that, like, in any time you see in the MCU someone having a strong take direct, directionally, that's exciting. And that was, yeah, it just, it felt so perfect. And I'm glad that the dumb rules about black and white stuff allowed it to happen. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, love, love me some black and white in this. And uh, Hunter, give me your thoughts on the action and what you saw. What, what did you think of it overall?
2: Uh, well, I, I mean, I think something I've said online before was that it was gleefully deranged, um, which I, mm-hmm. I think that's a hundred percent true. And I feel like that's sort of just a, a simplification of of what Jake just said about having a strong direction. Um, with your violence and kind of like knowing what you want and knowing what extremes you want to go to. And again, having that black and white that allows you to go a little bit more towards that than you might've been otherwise. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was so fun. I don't know if I necessarily have anything to say that you guys didn't just say, except for, I think for me, one of my favorite things about the violence and, and the action and how well everything was done uh I think it's a testament to the project itself that as crazy as as all of that got, it never felt like that violence was the purpose of of the project. Yeah. Or it never felt like that was like the saving grace of the project or anything. It was just like a cherry on top. And, and that, that yes. made me happy that I loved it to that degree where the violence was just like extra hand clapping for me. I will say I was impressed by a lot of it. I was... Thrilled by the whole flashing light sequence with, um you know, werewolf by night versus all of the like mm-hmm. armored guards and and you mm-hmm. have like the blood splatter the camera and all oh, that mm-hmm. like for me that that was just pure fun that was
1: you know the that thing was, is yeah that was awesome Michael Giacchino clearly was uh, I'll wait for him to come back but this is not gonna be a problem I can make it all work okay um, and he's back. Michael Giacchino clearly was visiting set on the Batman when they did the hallway fight. Because <laughs> I mean that in the best way, he, you know, he saw the hallway fight and he's like, hmm, what if there was a the door was slowly closing behind them and it was kind of the same thing? And you know what? I liked it a lot. I think that the I one of my few complaints with the melding of CGI and practical effects is it felt like some of Werewolf's movement was too like CGI didn't feel bound by physics maybe i was just maybe just because i was very conscious of the cgi versus practical because there was so much discussion of it but the actual violence of the werewolf i think was done in this like i was mentioning in a way that felt reminiscent of films of the era where like they would show just like splatter and stuff but they wouldn't show like actual teeth going because that's not what it's about it's about like the that in that moment the perspective shifts where you're no longer with Jack you're with the other people and so of course you wouldn't get a close yeah. look at what he's doing um but yeah I thought that that was really cool and I I, I like the look of the werewolf because it's it was a you know it just it it felt hu- a lot more human than I thought it was going to and I like that
2: yeah the music too was incredible especially you know that first where they kind of hold on him for a little bit to mm-hmm. let you get a real good look at him and the score is just blaring and like Jake says he's not he's not that monstrous really i mean he in terms of live action werewolves he's pretty tame mm-hmm. <laughs> in, from like what you've seen um but the the music really sells you too in that moment uh, you know and i think that also speaks to like what Jake said again earlier with him being more human uh than he is monster, which which is really wonderful. But I also really liked there's that moment when he jumps from the top of the cage to the mm-hmm. wall, or it might have been reverse of that. And I I, I kind of liked that it didn't look bad, but it was almost like corny. Like it was almost like he was in yeah. the air for like a second too long.
1: I think that that was actually real. That's not what I had. I had an issue more with, it felt like some of the stuff where he was, just, oh, I didn't have an issue yeah, with it at all. I feel like I some of the stuff when he was going from person to person, it felt like it was a bit too fast, but that I thought was really cool. OK,
2: yeah, that I, I really liked. And that that for me is what felt very like old school monster movie. It was almost like they had him on a wire and they just like swung him from one to the next. And they had all the extras on the ground like oh, he gets. And I just I don't know. It was the, it was great. <laughs> no,
0: I, I, I really love the fact that my man was doing werewolf gymnastics out here. Uh, the way yeah. he, was, <laughs> he was flipping out here. And I think to Jake's point with the human element, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. When you think about the athleticism that this werewolf showed, and the way that his face looked, I was like, "Did Michael Jackson come back to life?" He got a little hee hee, and and went, <laughs> went, went went back and forth with with uh, the way that he was tearing them folks apart, and just also doing the backflips and the and the handstands and stuff like that. Ooh boy, this is I, I was I was having a grand old time uh, with grand old time with my cup of tea. At at uh, nine o'clock at night, watching it for the second time, it was uh, so, <laughs> so 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 much fun, man. And I, I, and I'm glad that that Jake did mention the whole wolf part because, yeah, I think when you when you wonder whether they should have done CG and made it look like what a, some of the more updated Werewolf by Night comics, no, nah, I think they they kind of got it right here. I really feel like they did. This was a, the perfect way to go with it, and I couldn't be more pleased. Overall, with just how this went, and yeah, it's got me excited for more. Like whenever they decide to come back, and wh- whenever they decide to build out this little corner of the universe, got the stuff with Blade that you know. Hopefully, they they will figure out their stuff as far as the director is concerned and everything going on with that. And we get a, a good uh vampire hunting movie and continue to build out this universe. And listen, we talk about universal monsters, monsters and all and all that other stuff and. It's a very, it's a very different place that the MCU is in now, and I'm just glad. Like, I saw one of Michael Giacchino's uh, interviews, and you know, Kevin Feige basically brought up like the idea of, oh, hey, Werewolf by Night, like, like, and and everything else that comes along with that, and and maybe doing more monsters in the future. No official talks, but listen, if you want to have this man helm the monster portion of the mcu then i i certainly wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind i ain't
1: mad i will say kevin Faye has gotten a lot of slander not slander because it's true about you know being stretched too thin and all these different issues but i think that the reason why he is by mathematical numbers the most successful producer in hollywood history is because he saw a guy who is a composer who had never directed anything more than like a 50 minute tv episode and said like I want you to direct a TV special, something we've never done before in black and white. something we've never done before for world by night, a character no one cares about. And it was great like that. I think that there's just, yeah. a, there's magic. There. <laughs> I, I, and I just don't know what it is Cause... that Kevin Feige can do. And I'm not just trying to heap praise him because we do a Marvel podcast because I can be critical of him plenty. But when people ask like, what does he do? Like that's what he does. Cause frankly, Michael Giacchino has been a super successful composer forever. Yeah. And he, I'm sure he's wanted to direct before. And what, you know, it took, say we go like Him fight? it took him being like, yes, let's do a Universal Monsters pastiche in the year 2022, even though the median age of our viewers is like 18. shots to him.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And listen, Michael Chiquino about to get that bag. I saw it today. He signed mm-hmm. with CAA. Oh, yeah. CAA. That bag is coming. And so, like, his his services will be heavily sought after. So, as we kind of wind down here, just... Some final thoughts on this special overall is there anything you would like to see from the monster verse? I know one thing that i didn't say earlier when we were talking about Ted and man thing is when we talk about prequels, now that we have th- this this uh man thing and Ted situation I think of the I think of the comics and I think of how he got his powers. I do want to see if that plays into Nexus and any of the um alternate universe stuff. I'm just curious. I'm just, this is a curiosity of mine. I'm, and especially since we've kind of already introduced that mm-hmm. to the MCU already, if mm-hmm. they decide, if they ever decided to go in that direction, that's something that I would like to see personally, but
1: can I uh, know one thing if they do that? Sorry, quickly. Yes. I and I I know I no, do go this ahead. too much, but if they film man, things transformation in the Georgia section of Okefenokee swamp, as opposed to the Everglades, <laughs> I'm writing. <laughs> oh, okay? <you> know. <laughs> <laughs> they already didn't shoot Miss Marvel in Jersey City. That's strike one. And I'm not waiting until strike three.
0: <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, the, I understand. I this is, is, this is exactly, how I feel about Western I know, York, so
1: I, I know where they would film it in Georgia because the Okefenokee Swamp straddles Georgia and Florida, and they would film oh, it man. there if they were going to do it. But I can tell you this. Having driven through both the Everglades and Okefenokee Swamp, they don't look the same. And so I'll know. I'll know, Kevin Feige this is a dumb bit. I don't know why I'm gacking this way.
2: <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Okie Fanoki. No, no but I, I understand this because if there was like a Marvel monster who hailed from like Buffalo, New York mm-hmm. or, or like Western New York in general mm-hmm. and then they like they filmed it literally anywhere that wasn't exactly western new york i would mm-hmm. i would
1: they would definitely in. film it mind. in cleveland is what they would do cleveland or Pittsburgh. No, they would do they would
2: film it in cleveland or they'd film it in toronto and be like this is close to buffalo it's right, cold right. here too yeah. and i'd be like it's not the same thing uh-huh. yeah. wait so it did yeah, bruce the mighty film on location
1: i'm curious <laughs> just a tangent did they film on location in bruce on mighty i feel like they did right i think they did yeah
2: i'm pretty sure they did i don't know that for sure off the top of my head that but is i the, feel like that's they the did.
1: buffalo movie that comes off the top of my head because there aren't that many no offense
2: they made they made a movie called buffalo uh, oh, right it was yeah that zoe dutch and that it wasn't that is now representative of, of the city itself. i, I sure i'm sure just, it was I'm yeah i think it's
1: yeah it didn't because uh, <laughs> it didn't seem good and buffalo seems like a nice town
2: <laughs> thank you for saying that i appreciate it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so so, so yeah <laughs> shout out shout out to a wonderful digression there but um yeah hunter <laughs> As we as we kind of wind this down, like if you have any if if you have any stray thoughts on not only the special but maybe anything that you would like to see coming out of this going forward, please go please go ahead.
2: Right. I listen. I don't think it's an accident that they introduce a character like Man Thing during the multiverse saga. Mm. I mean, I don't I don't know like how important the the nexus of realities is is really going to be. Like, I mean, I'm not going to venture to guess exactly how they play all of that. Um, but, I mean, you have a character who part of his whole thing is that he, like, protects uh, an access point to the multiverse, and I, I just feel like we're literally in the multiverse saga, which they've not been shy about, and it just fe- it feels like it's not a coincidence. Um, so that that would be really, really cool, but even more so than that, I mean, we've been raving this whole podcasts about how much we love just seeing like jack and ted hang out um and that is very much more legion of monsters than it i know everyone's been saying midnight suns but that that really does feel way more legion of monsters than it, it does and after this i'm almost i would almost rather they they let um michael giacchino like just you know set up his legion of monsters and we just do that instead because i think that that would be way more fun especially if they let it keep being as kooky as this got to be um not i mean they can't use morbius which is, is a shame well uh, well i don't know because you know nexus of realities and, and all that um now that i think about it can't they just like yeah can't I, they just I,
1: like be like dracula's ear screw you I mean, why? I mean, I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, he
2: had Werewolf by Night has, uh, his, That's right. his origin is kind of tied to Dracula. Yeah. Cause is, Dracula exists like,
1: in the Marvel universe. So why not? Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah.
2: And there's that head on the wall that may or may not have been Marvel's Nosferatu. And Jack even mentions that he like has a history dealing with vampires and, and whatnot. Um, I want Manphibian. Okay. That's my, I want, this is my, Manphibian. this is my new stance. Let me look at like. I Manphibian. gotta see
1: what Manphibian's like. <laughs> Manphibian, they are...
2: They, I'm. Uh, yeah, so they, they... there's. It's like a... So, Manphibian is designed to look like the creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. and the name would also imply this. Mm-hmm. But Manphibian is not like a sea monster. He, he's actually an alien from another planet uh-huh. that all look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. And it's like this... I think I'm pretty sure they're genderless, mm-hmm. which is why I say they. Um, right. Right and he ends up like, it's like a utopian planet until some jerk comes and, and kills his partner or their partner. And, uh, so all of a sudden he's like, yo, this is a crime and we don't normally do crimes here. And the government's like, we don't have rules for crimes cause no one does crimes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I guess I'm seeking vengeance. And he like trails his partner's killer across the galaxy until he ends up on earth. And then once he's on earth, he gets stuck on earth. And, uh, because he looks a lot like the creature from the Black Lagoon, he gets lumped in with like the Legion of Monsters and stuff, even though he's technically an alien. But he, they're they're just they're just so there's such a weird, goofy character. And you know, you can find like random comic panels of of men looking of all, at them right one now. Of the best great. names in comics, yeah,
1: Manphibians yeah, great.
2: one of the best names in comics. <laughs> and th- like, there's like this whole panel that someone sent me the other day because they know I'm a amphibian fan, where. Amphibian is murdering someone, and they're like, "But I, I stabbed you in the head," and they're like, "My brain is in my neck," and then they just never like, that's just it. <laughs> like that's the whole thing, and I'm like, "I let me direct the amphibian special because I'm uh, so hey, down." If you need, uh, if you need a writer,
1: I got you. I'll I'll read up on the amphibian. <laughs>
2: um yeah so that's what i want from the future of, of this God. i want an opportunity to... <laughs> yeah,
1: the thing is the thing about marvel at this point is if you can't even joke about like what if they do this character because like they just no okay so there's there's a manphibian easter egg
2: in really? werewolf by night so in the, the sequence we were talking about with the flashing yeah. lights where he's like slaughtering mm-hmm. the it, on the wall there's a mural and with like s- some random monsters mm-hmm. on it and one of the it's there for like a split yeah. second you ba- you have to pause like the exact mm-hmm. time mark uh, but Manphibian is is drawn upon the wall of Bloodstone
1: Man. Oh, manphibian movie uh, truly my <laughs> my DMs are open, guys. I have <laughs> I have final draft on my computer. We'll do all it. Right, I gotta watch
0: this sucker I gotta watch the sucker again and get that to get that full that full layout uh
2: one, once more. Yeah, but so, um nah. So Manphibian probably exists in the MCU, that's all oh, I'm saying. That hey.
1: fucking- <laughs> God
2: You heard it here first. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> shout out to Legion of Monsters, but but yeah, uh, Jake, yeah, give me your final thoughts on on not only this special, but is there anything in particular you'd be interesting in seeing come yeah,
1: out from it? I'm I I really think that this special is a great step forward for Marvel in doing new things. I think that they should, you know, go this route with a lot of if a lot of their stuff to you know, test out. I hope I don't know what the budget on this was, but I hope that they do some of this stuff at a smaller budget, just so like it's less less stakes and less necessary. Like I like them taking smaller swings if they're gonna have stuff that's not in the theater. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather them save the big swings for the theaters, unless it's you know, a, you know, obviously there are exceptions. But I, I just want to see what they do with this, you know, monsters part of it. And I think that it's almost like, it actually makes me feel better about them getting rid of the whole Blade script. Because, like, if they can make the Blade, even obviously the Blade Blade won't have the same tone as this. But if they are making, you know, a universe where this is, like, the monster side of it, I actually almost would like them to learn some lessons from this. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Yeah. I, I... I just I was not necessarily super psyched for the monster portion of the MCU just because it felt like kind of perfunctory. Like it felt like the one that they didn't have really anything yet for, um, besides like a possibility maybe Moon Knight. Uh, but now it's like oh shit! If you're gonna completely if you're gonna use the fact that these characters aren't big world beaters to make more stylized stuff, then go for it. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said for just being able to create not only something original and something different, but to be ambitious in this type of way. So I think just for me personally, like just uh, lastly on this is when we talk about not only legions of monsters or monsters in general, um, I think there's a lot of different places that you can go with it. So however they decide to do it. And I think the point, and it has been said a lot about Marvel, kind of maybe leaning now more into special presentations that might be a thing that they decide to do if that is so um i would approve because i think now that we've had two years of sampling disney plus shows and seeing how they've done and and stuff like that and obviously we all enjoy this content here but there are some data points that could say that maybe you could use something standalone and with something like this, and with something also like the news of uh, Armor Wars turning into a movie from a TV series, maybe it seems like they're starting to learn something about everything that's happened, uh, evolve and adapt. So if if this is what's happening, then good on them, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens. But I, I do have to say about this special, like I, I watched it twice yesterday, and I'm like not even with Hunter mentioning the whole amphibian Easter egg portion. (laughs) Like I'm already going, to I'm going to, I'm going to watch it until my plays on the screener is done. And then, and then I'll, I'll probably watch it. I'll watch it some more because I think it's just, it's a very, it was very interesting. And I have to say, it was very jarring to see this look like this, because like Jake said, I think when we talk about monsters and uh, Jake said to Springthorpe's comment in the, in the discord, it's like you don't know if they're going to just make it a superhero thing where there's a post-credit scene and there's like, "Oh yeah, we got set up Legion of Monsters now. Nah, we got a standalone story with a werewolf trying to help out his buddy." And that that's, that's it, and that's what we got and I think that was good. So Werewolf by Night, nice little standalone piece. Happy to see it. Great stuff and the MCU continues on as we get ready for the finale of She-Hulk. And we get ready for Wakanda forever. Still got a couple of things down the pike in the MCU for the rest of 2022, but we will be right here for it. Hunter, want to thank you once again for lending us your knowledge and lending us your opinions on this show. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you for joining us. Let us know where we can find your work.
2: Um, I am HRDC14 on all, all of my social medias. That's H A R A. I'm so sorry. I literally just misspelled my last name in, in the heat of <laughs> the battle here. H R A D E S I and then the number 14. Um, I do know how to spell my name, I promise. Uh, I just got a little excited there. But H R D C fourteen on all of my social medias. I post about my, my writing and video content that I do in and, and interviews and, and all that fun stuff. You can you can find links to it all all there.
0: Awesome. Awesome stuff, Hunter. Thanks once again, brother. Jay Christie, where can we follow you? Where can we find your work? And not only that, tell us a bit about Florida.
1: Yep. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter (laughs) at Jay Christie. I'm going to keep raising money for Hurricane Ian Relief. Check my page. Um, By the time this is out, the sweep to get a signed copy of Nubia, Queen of the Amazons by Stephanie Williams will be over. But I'm going to keep doing giveaways for things. So people keep donating. I'm not going to. Until I get the vibe from my Facebook friends that things are better, I'm going to keep hammering this home. Uh, I hope you don't mind the tweets. I'm going to be retweeting stuff. There's still people giving diapers away. This, that, or the other. Power is still out in a lot of places um, that I care about. So, yeah, just keep an eye out. And just donate five, ten dollars $10, honestly, more than enough. If $5, $10, we'll get people diapers and food. So, please, if you can.
0: Absolutely. Continue to donate. Continue to show support for a really good cause. There's a lot of damage that thing did. So continue to support that cause as for us follow me at anthonycanton Canton underscore three on the Twitter follow the show at mc university pod make sure you rate and review this show five stars please five 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 stars if you can if you if you could kindly even if you got something bad to say just put five stars on it why not yeah I'm
1: not, yeah, I'm not gonna read it
0: yeah, just just show a lot, just show a lot of love. Usually, I I, I do read them. Some of them are no, are no, because a- a-
1: a- C- we've talked about this many times. I stopped reading uh, reviews when I got a review on Sorted History that said, and I quote, "Jake lacks the qualities that make someone a person."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh. that's mean, but also a very well constructed. It's a great
1: take-down. takedown. I'm not saying
2: it's true. I'm know, just saying. That, like, also,
1: <laughs> I'm I have a, there. Are, I have a lot <laughs> of problems with me. And especially on a microphone, if you say, like, Jake, like, the person who DM'd me once who said, do Mm -hmm. you do a line of cocaine before every podcast? They had a point. But, like, I don't know (laughs) what you mean by that. I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic guy. But anyway, anyway.
0: Oh, man. That's just a wonderful last digression there. But, yes, yes, check out the Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash Uh Get into the Discord. We got the merch. Get them shirts, get them hoodies, get the mugs, get the whole mm-hmm. shebang. And uh, yes, we will be back soon. So for this presentation of Werewolf by Night, it has been Hunter Radisi, Jake Christie, and Anthony Kants on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.